98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Bigley and Murata. Social studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Time for some social studies. We dive into Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. See what's going on in response to the questions that Jared has asked. And Sarah's here to take us through it as always. Hi, Sarah. Hello. That's right. Put on your goggles. Put on your floaties because we are indeed diving in to Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Thanks to all of the new followers we amassed yesterday during this segment. Uh, always appreciate people who want to participate in the show, even outside of our six to ten hours. So let's get going with our first question. The Cardinals, oh, they have cut Andy Isabella, Womp Womp, one of their second round draft picks from the 2019 draft. And uh, we're starting with this open-ended question. What was the worst draft pick in the history of the Arizona Cardinals and why? And unfortunately, there are so, so many to choose from. In the history of the Cardinals, uh, the first one that pops up predates their time in Arizona for me. Okay. And it was Kelly Stoffer, a quarterback out of Colorado State in the first round. In what year? Whom they never signed. I believe it was 87, the year before they moved here. Um, Never signed him because they lowballed him on an offer after drafting him in the first round. And then he went on. I think they finally traded him to Seattle. And he wasn't any good anyway. So that's the first one that came to mind for me. In the Arizona, ooh. You get that little production out of a second-round pick. I'm sorry, Andy Isabella's in the mix. Yeah, he's in the mix. Jonathan Cooper's in the mix. Uh, there's uh, Levi Brown is ooh, in the mix. Yes. Yeah, some of those. Although, I, I still give Levi Brown a little of a, bit of a pass. He was on an offensive line, the starting offensive line that played for a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like Leonard Davis was taken second overall. He was okay, but yeah, he was much better overall. when he left town. Yeah. When he went to well, Dallas. How about Bob Kumdichie? That's an, end, that's an end of the first round. That was a fire. No, I don't Wendell, think that's... Wendell Bryant? There's another one. That was one. pretty bad. Uh, Tom yeah, those Knight? Guys, yeah. The, 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 the trading out of Terrell Suggs and drafting um, those two guys, Wendell Bryant and somebody else. I forget, was it Brian Johnson? That's it, I think. Yeah, I think so. No, it was um, Calvin Pace oh, and, that's and it was. Uh, Bryant Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Let's get to some of our listener responses. Worst draft pick in Arizona Cardinals history and why? Gerard Sign responds, Matt Leinert. I really thought he would be great for the Cardinals. I was glad Kurt Warner took over the offense. Hashtag Bird City Football. We found the one guy who uses it unironically, guys. Uh, Bird City Football. Uh, (laughs) Parker Evans says, Robert Kimdichie, so much potential wasted. Potential wasted, I should say. George Alper has a little bit of a song for us. Bad, bad, Levi Brown. Worst damn tackle in the whole damn town. (laughs) Badder than old King Kong. (laughs) Um, This, I think, was the most popular response. Blake Barrick wrote Josh Rosen because he was literally so bad the Cardinals had to replace him the next season. And shout out to our listeners who all specifically wrote Rosen instead of Rosen. It's catching on. <laughs> it is catching on. Uh, Wendell Bryant got quite a few mentions. Schmorkart says Andy Isabella is the obvious answer, but I have to say any pick 
where we have to hear Steve Kime tell us, oh, he was a top 10 pick on our board and he fell all the way to us in the fourth round, <laughs> only to see that guy meander aimlessly and then get cut. That applies to many draft picks. A lot of Andre Wadsworth. A ton of Andre mentions. Wadsworth. Yeah. Yes, Mungo Beanfield wrote in Andre Wadsworth and wrote, Charles Woodson went next with the up down, uh, upside down smiley face. What did he ever become, though? Ah. Oh, wait. wait. Never mind. Yeah. Let's move on to our next question. Where the left side of the O-line is the most important spot around. But linebackers there can rush without a care because of a man named Levi Brown. He can't stop their defenders and he can't help the Cardinals run. He was a wasted pick and it just makes you sick. He could be Adrian Peterson. The segment's almost over. It's amazing how quickly he can access his own library of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, as I was saying, next question in social studies. Not a bad song, though. No, not. Uh, It's Yom Kippur today, which is a day of atonement and repentance in the Jewish faith. So we're we're, uh, tying that in here. Multicultural show here, Bickley Marana Mornings. We're looking at the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks, the Suns, and the Coyotes. And we are asking, open-ended, what each of these franchises most needs to atone for? Well, the, the yeah, the Suns would be the uh, the the playoff collapse of last year, which I well, you know, I mean it's it's not not the loss to Adelaide. <laughs> no, no. But again, they're all kind of tied together. If if you're gonna if you're gonna have all those issues at the end of the season, and then come back and say we're not we're not talking about that, we've turned the page, and then you lose to the Adelaide Thirty Sixers. Now I'm kind of thinking maybe you do owe us some answers. Is there so another can, page? Yeah, right. So we can figure out what in the heck is going on here. That's a good uh, one. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to do all four. I'll okay. I'll submit one. Vince. Um. A lot. One that came to mind for me on the current was for the D-backs. The construction of this year's bullpen. Oof. That needs to be rectified and atoned for next year. Repent, please. Yes. Absolutely. John Jennings says the Goldschmidt trade for the Diamondbacks. First round draft failures for the Cardinals. Bad PR from Robert Sarver's situation for the Suns. And then decades of bad ownership for the Coyotes. That's good. All right. Yeah. Corpse Shasta says for the Diamondbacks, a cheap owner and giving me repeated bouts of diarrhea. I don't know if that's stress that from the D-backs or if this is like a concession stand thing. Maybe Feel free to follow up with us. Issues? Yeah, which I don't know if you can blame that on a baseball team. Um, 34 years of humiliation for the Cardinals. Robbing Al McCoy of the joy of a championship for the Suns. That's a good one. And then taking away Tim Hortons from the Coyotes. Did they used to have a Tim Hortons in there? They, they did. Oh, my oh goodness, I thought that I did was not know that. Canada only. No, they had yeah, a Tim so Hortons too. right in the arena. Goodness. And he also mentioned Smoke's Poutinery. Yes. I just wanted to say Poutinery. Have you been to a Coyotes game at all, Jared? Have you ever been to one? I've, yes, I've been to a few. I've only been, I've been to two at the old new arena, and I've been to a couple at, at the at America West or whatever it was called. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and then one last one from Daylight Films: The Diamondbacks need to repent for not closing out games. The Cardinals need to repent for their clock management or lack thereof. The Suns messing up their chemistry, and the Coyotes ticket prices for their new venue in Tempe. 
final question in today's social studies, looking at baseball, uh, Aaron Judge has been dubbed by Roger Maris Jr. as the, quote, clean home run king. Clean home run king. Very catchy. Uh, as he is now only behind alleged steroid users on the all-time single-season home runs list. Of these three, who do you consider to be the true home run king? Barry Bonds, Aaron Judge, or Hank Aaron? Single-season or all-time or just home run king? Home Home run run king king when you hear the phrase. Because Bonds is the actual... I'm leader of both, yeah, I'm and then the Hank other Aaron. two are the. I'm going to vote for Hank. I'm going to vote for Hank too. Hammer it. Yeah, I mean, hammer that. Seven fifty-five. Yeah. Although, as Bob Nightingale pointed out in his uh, column today, not implicating Hank Aaron in anything, but getting a lot of those home runs in a launching pad of a stadium, and when uh, there were performance enhancers at that time, just a little different than the ones they're using now. Yeah. of our voters said Hank Aaron is the home run king. 41% voted for Barry Bonds. 15% voted for Aaron Judge. It'll be a debate forever. Thank you, Sarah. Indeed, yes. That's social studies every morning at 9 o'clock. Thanks to uh, to you for participating yeah. at Bickley underscore Murata. Coming up next, our weekly football conversation with the one and only Mark Schlereth. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. NFL analyst Mark Schlereth talks football with Bickley and Murata. Brought to you by Earnhardt Ford and Chandler. Shop local. Shop Earnhardt Ford. Every Wednesday, we get to talk NFL with Mark Schlereth from NFL on Fox 104.3, the fan in Denver, and he joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Mark, good morning. How are you? I am doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, I'm hoping Cardinal fans like the roller coaster effect because that's what this season has been. Loss, win, loss, win. Another really flat first half uh, on the road at Carolina, but they got it together. And I'm not sure, we, we've, we've discussed it too, was that more of a buttoned-up effort in the second half by the Cardinals or just facing a Carolina team that is in complete disarray or, right or now? Or the fact that Baker Mayfield really sucks that, about that right too. now. And that's yeah. part of the disarray. Yeah, it's probably well, well, yeah, that is. I mean, that is part of the disarray. You know, the one thing I was thinking about him is, uh, it's you can only really have a chip on your shoulder when you're good, right? <laughs> like that's that should be uh, like a new rule. Let's yes. institute it. You have to be good to have a chip on your shoulder. <laughs> Making lists when you suck yeah. does nothing for anybody, right? right? That's yeah. not. That's not. So let's just go ahead and make that a new Baker rule. Um, and listen, you know, I think Carolina defensively, I think Carolina's pretty good. I think they play pretty good football. But, I, you know, if you don't have – if you can't play complementary football, if you can't produce on the offensive side of the ball, um, it's going to be really hard, you know, to play four quarters or put four quarters together and win football games. So, um, you guys are sitting there tied for first, tied for last. That's not a bad place to be. Right. Like, that's, that's okay. Yeah, it's like – that's like uh, you know, I mean, that's – that's like, uh, you know, I said this on television this morning and nobody seemed to get it, but I thought it was good. It's like, uh, you know, being the best man at your at your buddy's wedding and your sister is the maid of honor. Like, that, you're like you got to walk down the aisle with your own sister. That, that's no fun. You're not going to hook that. You, there's no hookup there. You're not going to get a hookup. I know. Like, that's a bad wedding to go to, it I is. think. It is. That, you're right about that. And I love that idea about the, the chip on the shoulder because that applies to Josh Rosen as well and his nine mistakes. Be good before you put that chip on your shoulder. 
Right, right, exactly. I don't know. Put one squirt of piss in the bucket before you start talking about, you know, all the people yeah. that you're going to go after. Like, that's like, just like, there's this one saying in football or in sports in general, and I've always adhered to it, like, and some people don't understand it. Like, there's two types of athletes, those who are humble and those who are about to be, right? So have a little bit of humility about yourself and about your career you know, do something first, but um, anyhow, whatever. I guess. Yeah. I guess some people don't don't adhere by the same set of uh, rules that I adhere by. No, I don't know what we we don't know what to make about the NFC and who really is good. It feels kind of like a wide open year in the NFC. How good, in your opinion, are the next opponent for the Cardinals, the Philadelphia Eagles? No, they're they're really good. Like there's like the teams are really like there's. Teams that, and I kind of categorize it. There's some teams that are fast and strong, right? Fast and big, or big, are big and strong. Let me say it that way. They're big and strong, and then there's some teams that are like are fast and athletic. And the Eagles are big, strong, fast, and athletic. Like they're really, really good. And you know, one of the things you like when I travel around the league and call games, you talk to offensive coordinators. Uh, two things that that really go into game planning as an offense, right? Like who on their defensive lines a problem. Like, who, who do we have to, one, who do we have to figure out how we're going to block that guy, right? How, how do we mitigate potential disasters along the offense? So we've got to find that guy. Do they have that guy? And then, two, what do their corners look like? Like, can we attack them outside? And when you look at Philadelphia, they're exceptional up front. They're, they're big, they're athletic, they're fast, they can rush the passer, they can defend the run. And they've got probably... Um, if you put the tandem of the two cornerbacks together in uh, in Darius Slay and um, James Bradbury, you know, you can make an argument that that's the two best corners in football, like tandem of corners in football. Um, Those two guys, since since Bradbury came in the league, Slay was already in the league when Bradbury came in the league, they are one-two as far as passes defended. Like, they are really good, and they intercept the ball. Like they're they're a problem for anybody, and um, I think you know watching them on film, they're playing exceptionally well with a lot of um, you know with a lot of confidence right now. Mark Schlereth, our guest every Wednesday here on Bickley and Murata mornings as we talk football, and you know going back to the point on the NFC, and and, and you said it earlier, Cardinals are tied for first, they're tied for last. Everybody's two and two. They've taken different ways to get there, and even with identical records, we were having the discussion yesterday, Mark, about San Francisco. Even though they've got two questionable losses, an eleven ten loss to the the Broncos, and they lose to Chicago in Week One, their wins have been more impressive, and, and we think that they are clearly the best team in the NFC West. Do you? Agree? I do agree. And let's let's face it. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, was essentially had shoulder surgery. He's essentially locked out of the facility. You know, they didn't give him a playbook until week one. Wow. Like, wow. in the offseason, he didn't have a playbook. Like, wow. he was not part of the meetings. He was not part of the insula- installation and not part of anything. And then week one, you know, Trey Lance, or, or week two, Trey Lance gets hurt. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to go in. And then week three, he was he was not very good against Denver. But, you know, obviously, the part of that is, like, when you had Trey Lance at quarterback, um, your running game was uh, like a, a three-lane highway, right? You had, the, you had the regular run under center. You had shotgun and pistol run. And then you had quarterback run. So you went from a three-lane highway and you turned down a country road with Jimmy Garoppolo because none of the other things, other than handing it off under center, that's really all you can do. And so there's this learning curve of kind of going, okay, we got to get back to what 
what we used to be, and we can't be as as you know multiple as we were with Trey Lance, which is okay. They're they're good at it, but again, that was an adjustment for the entirety of the offense. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo, you're like, okay, um, you know, I I mean, I talked to him. I called Game Two where he went in, and he was like, I had none. I, I like there was nothing in this game plan for me. We just kind of called plays old school. And then all of a sudden you put a game plan together and stuff, and you haven't really practiced all that much. Like, there was a learning curve in that Denver game. They looked more like the Niners I expected, and I think we all expected, um, and the way they just dismantled the Rams. Mm -hmm. So I think they're more the team that dismantled the Rams than they are the one that lost to Denver. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I can't believe out in Seattle now there's people actually saying that, that Geno Smith is a star and, and they're gloating over the fact that they think they made the decision with Russell Wilson. You know better than anybody being in Denver. Is this just a slow adjustment for Russell Wilson or is there a fear that his best years are behind him? Well, I think I think there's always going to be that fear. I, I think this is an adjustment more than it is anything else. You know, I hear people say, you know, he's not the athlete he once was. Well, you know, none of us are to a degree, but he's still plenty athletic to escape the pocket and make some moves. In the last two games, you know, he put together drives at the end of the, both games where he scrambled around and made plays. So there's no question that he can do it. You know, Russell Wilson is like pretty much every athlete in the world. They act like they don't hear the outside world. They act like they don't pay attention, and they all have ginormous rabbit ears. And, you know, I mean, he is like Bugs Bunny when it comes to the size of his ears. He hears everything. So, you know, he scrambles in that San Francisco game to the left. And in his post-game press conference, you know, three weeks after they lost to Seattle, he scrambles to the left and throws a dime piece to Kendall Hinton for a first down on that game-winning touchdown drive. And he goes, well, I guess I can scramble to the left, you know. And it's direct. It's what Pete Carroll said. That was our game plan because we know he can't throw when he scrambles to the left. Like, he hears it all. And he takes, you know, he takes a, he takes a uh, inventory of it all. And so I think it was more, it's more about he hears it all. He understands the criticism is you can't win consistently enough from the pocket. You take too many sacks. You don't throw it in the middle of the football field as well as you should. And he knows that if he is going to, play for another 10 years and win multiple Super Bowls like he's predicted, he's going to have to do it more from the pocket than he's ever done it in the past. And so he hears the criticism, and I think this is an adjustment to his game, a conscious adjustment to his game, because he understands that I'm going to have to play more like Drew Brees than I ever have. You know, I'm not going to be able to play, you know, like I was when I was a rookie and could scramble around and do those things. So I think this is more about him adjusting his game than it is about him not having athleticism. Yeah, Mark, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for the time. We look forward to talking to you next Wednesday. Sounds good, guys. Thank you, Mark. Mark Slareth, NFL on Fox 104.3, the fan in Denver. He does join us every Wednesday here to talk NFL. Coming up, uh, before we hit the break, we got to find out what we're doing next. Oh, <laughs> AMA. I'm sorry, no. AMA. Ask me anything. The recently preempted Ask Me Anything returns next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. 
Welcome back to Bickley Amarada Mornings here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. A very happy Shenanigans Wednesday to all of you. Have we had sufficient shenanigans today? No, I don't think so. I don't no. think so either. we got to make up for it in this we last half hour. We have 27 minutes left. Uh, let's, let's first start with ArizonaSports.com for today's poll question, guys. Hey, do you consider Aaron Judge to be the home run king? Yeah, he did it cleanly, or no, it's Barry Bonds. You needed a third choice for yeah. what we covered earlier. That yeah. Hank I, Aaron. I don't know where to vote with that. I, I, I'm not feeling either of those replies. Let's just hear the results. Sure. Well, okay, 65% of our voters say yes. Aaron Judge is the home run king. He did it cleanly. 35% say it is still Barry Bonds. Which is okay. really, which is true. Yeah, it, is. it is Barry Bonds. <laughs> okay. It is, I mean, literally it is, but yeah. it's not in some people's mind. It's such a fuzzy topic. But uh, you can vote right now. It's the Sanderson Ford poll question. And you can find it on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Next question. Don't ask me any more questions about this. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> That's the dumbest damn question I've ever heard in my life. I swear to God. Questions and maybe some answers to follow. It's part of Wednesday's uh, shenanigans. It's Ask Me Anything, which we were going to do two weeks ago, but got preempted. The Bob Sarver news came out. The Bob Sarver news came out. Really fudged up our segment there. Yes. What have we got? These are user, these are listeners submitted questions via social media, Bickley underscore Murata, for all of us on the show, but mainly you guys. And uh, Sarah and I will take turns asking questions. So, yes. Sarah, please. All right, let's start with this question from Rick K. Submitted two weeks ago for our initial segment. Any local coach, past or present, who refused to go on your show or never answered a direct question in a presser, who is it and why? Thanks. Ooh, refuse to go on a show? Or never answer a direct question. Uh, Who has evaded you, past or present? I mean, every coach has evaded a direct answer to a question. That's, oh, part, yeah. of, that's part of the coaching profession. Focusing on the first... I can't think of any. Can you, Bick? Well, Bickley was a journalist for a long time. Yes. So he had a more intimate relationship with the... Not anymore? No, no. Exclusively. Like, more so where you had a more intimate relationship with the coaches over the years in the Valley than maybe Vince. And and more contentious relationships in the role of columnist. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. When when is the next time Cliff Kingsbury is going to be in our radio? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when is that? He will be on next Monday with Wolf and Luke. So, I would would probably guess that that is... uh, That's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Maybe that's a better question for you in that uh, columnist uh, vein. Who's the coach who you had the most contentious relationship in your time oh, in Phoenix? Oh, I love it. There's any number of them. <laughs> I, I, listen, I've, I've, I've said this. I've said this before in Blast. It, it's generally relationships between me and Valley Head coaches do not end well. Because eventually, most coaches in sports fail. And yeah. when they fail, a lot of criticism and critical analysis goes with it. And with that, any semblance of a relationship, out the window. Yeah. Dan Bickley is like a reality show contestant. I'm not here to make friends. Yeah, I'm here yeah. to win. I'm loyal to the story, man. That's right. All right, Kev wants to know, what is your 
guys' favorite scary movie. Ooh. I am not I a fan not of scary movies. Scary movie. Uh, but if there is one, I'd guess, I'd say Silence of the Lambs. That's a very good answer. Chilling? Scary for a different reason. Yes. Um, that's right up there. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a slasher or, or supernatural. It could be yeah. a thriller. You know, I really enjoyed the first Scream movie. I thought, that, I thought that was well done. That was both a sort of satire and parody and, and a also a... and a slasher film and then, all rolled into one. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed oh, that. Got it. Sarah? Bobby B wants to know, what are all of your favorite birthday dinners? That's a good answer. That's a good yeah. question. Do you have a set meal that you want for your birthday? Or if you could pick any meal for your birthday, what would it be? For me, it was always uh, like when, when my parents were around and, you know, go over for your birthday for dinner. Mom was making chicken parmesan mm. every every oh. July. Oh, okay. Jared, how do you yeah. feel about chicken parm? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my that's my choice. Though. Chicken parm? Yeah, for my 40th birthday. Oh, sweet mother of God. For my 40th birthday, we brought in a big spread, but featured was chicken parmesan. Oh, yum. What's yours, Bick? I don't necessarily have one. You know, I'm not a big celebrate my own birthday guy, so okay. I, I don't really have one. Fair enough. All right. Um, if you could ask a question, this is from Mike Wood. If you could ask any Arizona oh, oh, Woody. sports... You know him? No. Oh, it's a, Woodsy is actually his. Oh. If, if you can ask an Arizona sports figure, past or present, any question, and they have to answer truthfully, what would it be? Ooh. That's a, that's a very nuanced, deep question. Yeah, I'd like, I, to, I'd like to ask Chris Paul what happened at the end of the playoffs. That's a good fresh one. Yeah. Yeah. In the last two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm more interested in last year. Yeah. Um, I don't have a better answer than that. That's okay. I'm going to continue to think about it and maybe chime in with one before I can tell you, over. in the past when this has come up, people always bring up the Luis Gonzalez big home run year. Mm. Well, here's the son's question. I don't might know if I want to know the answer to that. Eh, Touche. Yeah. All right. This is from 1985. He says, now that Robert Sarver... 1985? <laughs> Scott! Now that Robert Sarver is out, will national media start giving the sons the respect they deserve? Are those two things tied? No. I don't think they're tied at all. Um, respect, when you're a market and a team like the Phoenix Suns in a city like Phoenix, respect is earned. And if you continue to stay in the spotlight, you'll you'll get your respect. And let's face it, we complained about it for two straight years. Oh, the Suns mm-hmm. are kicking butt, and everybody's talking about the Lakers and all these other teams. No one's paying attention. And when you had your opportunity to be one of those teams, they failed to do it. The, you got to earn it. Yeah. The the one thing that that I do think that it does save from save us from is the conspiracy theories because if. If the last thing in the world Adam Silver would want to do would be to hand a championship trophy to Robert Sarver, it is not a, a big bridge to cross to say that NBA refs might have some sort of agenda against the basketball team to prevent that from happening. Now, I wouldn't believe that, but I know a lot of people who would. Sure. All right, this is uh, my last one. This is from Brian Barger. It's a two-parter. Uh, if you could meet one historical figure of all time, doesn't have to be living, who would it be and why? And then uh, boxers or briefs? 
I don't know how they're related or not, but those, those are both his questions. Wait, yeah, are we asking the historical figure, boxers or briefs? No, no, no. I, Babe Ruth, boxers or briefs? Uh, the answer on the second part is neither. It's a combo. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot in the middle I there mean, did a lot of work for you. I don't claim to have, like... Working knowledge of every guy out there and their underwear choice, but is anybody still wearing briefs, honestly? Not me. Tweet us if you do. I think. Not me. No. I tweet Sarah. <laughs> don't tweet me. Do not tweet me. Okay, don't tweet me. I thought me you either. meant not me. You're not wearing briefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, too. Okay, I really love this question, guys. Phoenix Suns Day One wants to know what is this show's mission statement? I'm sure we don't have one written down anywhere, but in your mind, what is the mission statement of Bickley and Murata Mornings? It's a very, very simple three-word mission. Shut up, Jared! Shut up, Jared! <laughs> Shut up, Jared! <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to end it. Yeah, yeah. it is. Good stuff. Yeah, Thank sorry. you for your question. Yeah, and sorry people, to all those we didn't get to. That's a wide variety of questions. Oh, yeah. Birthday meals to undergarments to historical figures. Yeah. Just shut up, Jarrett. Shut Ask up. me anything. Can't Pops up it. occasionally. We got some final thoughts to close out the shenanigans Wednesday. Next, it's Pickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Pickley and Murata. Song of the Day. Today's song of the day in honor of the incoming Philadelphia Eagles. A little, uh, what was this guy's real name? Reginald Dwight. Reginald Dwight. A Reginald Dwight for you, Philadelphia Freedom. He's got four first names between his real name and his fake name. Yeah, that's a lot of first names. Did you see Elton John over the weekend, by the way? He's on his farewell tour. I did not. And I think it was, I think he was in Tennessee, but while he was on stage... He announced to the crowd that some, something has made me very happy tonight, and that is the Braves have swept the Mets. Did you know Elton John is a gigantic Atlanta Braves fan? That's that's something I did not expect to hear today, Vinny. No. Well, wow. Baseball fan. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? I mean, he had the famous sequin Dodgers jersey at that concert in L.A. long long time ago. Oh, that's right. I don't know what the... Yeah, Apparently he's a huge... He's got a house in Atlanta. He's got a huge, uh, huge Braves fan. This one going all the way back to 1975. I love this song. Philadelphia Frida. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dark Cowboy. Lucy uh, in the Sky was a Beatles song. It's on this album by Elton John. Yeah, he did a cover, didn't he? There you go. Uh, today's song of the day, Elton John, Philadelphia Freedom. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Yeah, Off the Grid starts a little different today because yeah. uh, this weekend is the Four Peaks Oktoberfest out in Tempe. And uh, whis- Whiskey's Quicker will be playing, rocking the stage. What, what time do you guys go on? Well, what's interesting is we uh, not only is my band playing Saturday at Tempe Oct- Four Peaks Oktoberfest, but we've got our producer in Involved in the bratwurst eating contest, so this is like this is the World Series for Jared Carr, and this is the World Series for him. Here to give us more is the event coordinator for Peaks Oktoberfest, Lauren Gearhart, who joins us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Lauren, good morning. How are you? 
<laughs> Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, so we know Bickley kind of set this up for Jared, who is a notorious eater, Lauren. He loves food more Wouldn't than anybody anything. you'll ever meet. Yep. So what? what <laughs> Perfect. This is, I understand this is the first ever, the inaugural brat eating contest at Four Peaks Oktoberfest. So what can Jared expect from this? Yeah, you know, this is our first ever, and I have to tell you, we've got some really tough competition for him. Really? So, yes, really, really tough competition. I think people are really taking this way more seriously than we expected that they would. So, um, Jarrett, you've been practicing, right? I think they've been My whole practicing life. for about two months now. What's, what's, the, what's the format? How, how long do I have? What's you open the... your mouth and you eat as much as possible, Jarrett. How, how complicated No, but is there a Tom, a timer? Yeah, go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, Tell them what so, the deal is. So it's three minutes, as much as you can eat in three minutes. Okay. I, I think do some that. of the other, yeah, some of the other folks, I think, have even been coached by some of the, uh, you know, yeah, they've been coached. Like, they've been really? training, they've been coached. Yeah, you know, you're ready, right? Who are the other, this is a celebrity event? It is. Well, I'm involved, so it must be. Uh-oh, wait a second here. How did Jared get in? <laughs> Jared, you'll be next to uh, Kobe Yashi on one side and Joey Chestnut on the yeah. other side. <laughs> hey, for three minutes, I might be able to keep up with them. Wow. Well, drop Perfect. some names, Lauren. Who else is in the? Can you can you drop some names? Who else is he competing uh, against? I, I can drop I can drop some information. So, well, we do have a local um, we do have a local politician that'll be joining us for that. We also have some musicians. Uh, we have another radio personality. I think that's probably going to be one of your biggest competitions there, Joey Bradfish. Okay, oh. all right, Jared. You know you you're, you you got to represent now, man. All right. Just make sure there's ketchup there. Oh. You're gross. Oh. You're gross. Is it? Is that part of the format too, Lauren? Is it is it bratwurst and buns? Do they have to eat the buns as well, like the hot dog eating contest? It, that's exactly how it is. Bratwurst and buns. We'll make sure you have a couple bottles of water to wash it down. There you go. All right, great. All right, so now that's going to take place at 5.30 on Saturday. My band is going off at 5.30 on Saturday. So go see Jarrett for three minutes and then wander on. Oh, there you go. He's quicker. That's right? perfect, yeah. I would ask you to come and see us, Jarrett, but you'll probably be throwing up at the moment. Well, so no. that's okay. Lauren, take a minute and tell us about this Oktoberfest. What else you got going on? What, what do you want the people to know? Yeah, we're super excited to be back after after the pandemic. Um, it's a three-day outdoor Bavarian-themed festival. Kicks off this Friday, goes through Sunday. Open to all ages, featuring live music, food, drinks, games, carnival rides, dancing, all kinds of activities, fun for the whole family. Um, it's $20 admission on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Sunday is free for all. And then all weekend, it's 20 and under are free. So um, you can still get pre-sale admission as well up until Friday um, at $16 at fourpeaksoctoberfest.com. Very cool. And I'll ask one more question on Jared's behalf because I'm sure he's embarrassed to answer. Lauren, is it okay if he brings a doggy bag and leftovers <laughs> to take <laughs> home with him? Yeah, I, I, you're probably going to have more inventory than you'll move there. <laughs> I think we could probably have one there for you since you are a celebrity. Oh, <laughs> oh now we're talking. Oh. Ah. That's, what, you, that's what he needs, a bigger head. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Best of luck with the uh, the event this week as Lauren Gearhart, the awesome. event coordinator. Thanks for having me. From the uh, Four Peaks Oktoberfest going down. Uh, man, it's like a it's like a Disneyland for Bickley and Murata mornings. It, it is. What more could you want, man? Jarrett stuffing his face. And me playing guitar. 
If only Sarah. I wonder where the stage is. Jarrett, while he's eating. Yeah. Jarrett, is there any truth to the rumor that you're going to wear a traditional woman's dirndl while you are doing mm, a contest? Dirndl. What the hell is that? Great. It's the it's the you know like the beer girl that you see at Oktoberfest. Oh. I didn't know that. I know what yeah. later hosen are. Yeah, it's, it's the female it's the female equivalent. Yeah, I, I see you in sort of some Robin Hood outfit I, with knickers and <laughs> green hat. With I was thinking I would wear a no. I was thinking I would wear a muumu as to not be encumbered by pants of any type. <laughs> As I no, eat, I want to stay encumbered by pants. Jared. Okay, fair Do enough. Do us all a favor. Stay encumbered. Stay encumbered. <laughs> Encumber yourself. Encumber yourself, Jared. <laughs> what about your, your set list, Beck? You are you bringing back? Are you uh, breaking out any new too? Oh yeah, anything yeah, Bavarian themed? No, no, nothing like that. We've got. We almost were toying with the idea of doing the ACDC "Long Way to the Top" because we've got a bagpipe player. Uh-huh. Right? But that we're not doing that this time. I remember I introduced you guys once at. Oktoberfest, and that's how I introduced you. I was like, here to give you all of your favorite traditional German children's songs. <laughs> and then, then they well, didn't even play one. Well, that's true. Well, you over, you're the one that oversold. I don't want her. Deliver. You can have her. She's too fat for me. She's too fat for me. Go win something, Jared. Uh, thanks. For what? Stay encumbered, Jared. Stay encumbered, my friends. <laughs> Thanks to Eddie Johnson. I think we made up for the shenanigans. Mark Schlereth, Lauren Gearhart for joining us. We'll catch you tomorrow morning at 6. Wolf and Luke up next here at 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. See you.